You're listening to Tech 15, a Viva Technology podcast on the digital revolutions shaping our future. This season is sponsored by Manpower Group and looks at how technology plus talent will power the world of work and human resources. Each 15-minute episode is recorded live in person at VivaTech, Europe's biggest startup and tech event in Paris. Hello there and welcome to a brand new series of Tech 15 brought to you by Manpower Group. I'm Emma Crosby and in this series we're exploring tech talent, how to discover it, how to attract it and how to build it. In this episode we're talking about how a strong company culture can guide workforce strategy. We're recording right here in Paris at the VivaTech annual event. Caught up in the action as thousands of business and industry professionals join to showcase our tech future. We have some fantastic speakers coming up for you, but first it gives me great pleasure to reintroduce you to a lady that you know very well now, Becky Frankowitz, Chief Commercial Officer and President North America for Manpower Group. Becky, great to have you on board again. Thank you. Hello, everyone. We're going to talk about people leaders now, talent leaders, and, and what they need to do to be developing themselves. Firstly, just define for me Who is a people leader in today's environment? So I think the definition of leadership has changed dramatically post-crisis. Prior to crisis, people leaders or managers were primarily focused on delivering the results that the company had asked them to deliver. What we discovered through the crisis. The pandemic. the, the, The pandemic. Is these are human beings. You know, when we were working virtually, I saw people's cats and dogs and kids and the, the full life. We can't ignore that now. And we all as human beings have a much fuller story than delivering the results when we're working during the day. And so one of the things that people leadership has transformed into is from solely focused on delivering results to embracing the whole human. It's a huge responsibility, isn't it? You have to have broad shoulders. It has been one of the largest transformations in leadership since the Industrial Revolution. Extraordinary, isn't it? So let's talk about how people leaders are having to reinvent themselves to adapt to a new workplace reality. So when you have your conversations with people leaders, what are they saying to you? What has changed for them? Yeah, so I think the workload has changed and the workload has changed. So it's not just a a complaint or concern. It is a reality based on this much broader role now of people leader. At the same time that we want to maintain well-being in the current workforce, we're also suffering this talent shortage that we've spoken about where we need to bring new people into the workforce. And so uh, it is crucial when it comes to how we attract new people that we're presenting our full employer value proposition that includes, of course, our values around delivering results and being results-oriented equally now includes the culture of humanity that workplaces need to bring forward in order to attract talent today. So what skills do people leaders need then in order to be able to do their jobs better these days in this post-pandemic era we find ourselves in? Empathy and communication are two additional skills. Of course, we still need the skills of curiosity, the learnability skill, the ability to deliver results. The new requirements require empathy uh, and really caring, taking the time to invest and care about the whole human. 
And it's been part of business management in a priority order, and now it's moved to the top of the priority because the whole human is leading now. Instead of the business human leading, the whole human is leading, and that's what we need to change our capability to manage. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's such a fascinating area. And something else I wanted to ask you about is the connection between company culture and values and also talent leaders or talent decision makers. I mean, how is that affecting workplace strategy, especially when it comes to relating to and connecting with tech talent? Yeah, so at the beginning of the pandemic, one of the things that I had said is that work has left the building. And then I was with a CEO who said, well, so has culture. And he was saying it in jest, but he was right. Now we've disaggregated culture. Instead of it living inside a building on the wall of a conference room, we've actually unleashed culture to be inside the individual. We have a lot of CEOs and CHROs that are struggling with that concept. I get the question on how do I build culture if we're not in the building? It's a good question, and isn't it's it? It's a great question because historically that was the model. Particularly in the head office, you build culture in the head office. Now what we've discovered is you build culture one by one, individual by individual. And the concept of I have my values and they're on the boardroom wall, that was the truth for the last several decades in the world. That is now required but insufficient. Your values have to be visible and lived daily, not just on a conference room wall. So how do you do that? It actually isn't as difficult as it feels. One, you talk about values at a much higher frequency than we have in the past. Traditionally, when you onboard, you go through the company's mission, vision, purpose, values, back to this whole human. It's the whole company. The company's ecosystem has now been released from the building. And I know it has been unsettling. I think it's an amazing future. If you, if you look at it the reverse way, it's left the building and now it's in individuals to be advocates and passionate supporters of their company. And one of the things we've learned is what employers or employees, when they trust their employer, there's a much higher probability that they will stay with the company. They will one, continue to work for you and two, attract their friends to come work for you. They will be your advocates and that's the best advocate you can have. Well, it gives me great pleasure now to say that I am joined by Diane Riviere, Chief People Officer at Alain. Diane, a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thank you, Emil. How are you enjoying VivaTech? Well, it's incredible. I mean, the vibes and the atmosphere, the dynamism, the innovation, and uh, so many industry represented. Uh, it's fascinating. So, Diane, tell me a little bit more about your company, Alain, and the kind of tech roles that you're often looking for and recruiting for. So Alan is a one-stop health partner offering personalized access to information, proactive care, care delivery, payment and post-care. Our members access a delightful health insurance coverage bundled with innovative healthcare services for the body and the mind. So as a tech company, we hire all jobs related to products, to applications. So we hire developers, product managers, product designers, UX researchers, data scientists, and we doubled the size of the team every year. So I joined. That's incredible. March 2020, we were 150 and we are more than 500 now. How do you manage that growth? Well, let me tell you about one of our key values. We have five in our culture and, and the, the one that we cherish is distributed ownership. This is 
um, tremendous lever for hypergrowth. I mean, when you are growing so fast, you must trust people, empower them, and set them up for success, set them up for being able to make the best decision. So we've been able to close our last fundraising, our Series E, in less than three months because of that incredible way to empower everyone. And that, that's, to me, the recipe for hypergrowth empowerment. You mentioned trust, Diane, and that's really interesting because I was having that very conversation just a few minutes ago uh, with Becky uh, saying how important it is to trust in your employees, particularly in the tech industry. How difficult has it been to almost let go a little bit? Well, what's fascinating is that the way Alan has been um, funded with the first early Alaners, our founders and the team around them is that they focused on building a culture, a very strong culture, as much as they focused on building an incredible product for our customers and our members. So trust is like even not discussed it. I think it was just embedded in, the, in their DNA, in the way I wasn't there at the time. It was 20, like 2016 when Alan was uh, funded. But you can sense it. You can sense it's part of the DNA that, well, yeah, absolutely. We, we want to empower everyone. So radical transparency is about trust. Every one of us, every week, we post what we call our HPFO, which is kind of a weekly recap of what we've been doing, highlights, what we learned, what were the lowlights or the fires. And this, everyone can read that. And we set our objective for the next week, for the next week. We are transparent, we have a salary grid, which is public, and we have an equity grid, which is public as well. We distribute equity to everyone, so every Alaner has the opportunity to become an Alan shareholder when we will exit uh, and become a, a listed company. And it's not related to because you're part of the management or, or the executive committee, it's really every single person. And the same way we trust you to access very sensitive information within the company, we trust you and we believe you should be also rewarded through the success of Alan. And the same way we learn from our failures, we reward for our success. And as we grow, we have to empower coaches in the organization. We don't have traditional management at Alan. There's no manager per se, no comex or... What do you mean by that, no manager per se? So no manager, what does it mean? As well? Again, it's that no career decision will be made just by one person, by a manager. It will always be made by a group of persons. So it's not the decision of one person to hire a candidate. It's really a team decision. Promotion, the way we take decision to promote someone, it's again a process which is in the hands of at least six people. So it's also a way to mitigate unconscious bias. We really want to make the most healthy decision and the being fair with, with everyone in the company. And we kind of hack the manager, you know? It's very clear from talking to you that, that Alan has some very, very clear and very strong company cultures and value. Uh, how do you make sure that flows all the way down your business and indeed guides you when it comes to your talent decision-making, your own decision-making process? So our values are not just posters on the wall. I mean, they are the way we dress and we work together. We challenge each other. We give feedback to one another. The way we 
we dare to be contrarian, which is one of our values. If you want to make strong decisions, you have to debate, and that's okay. You have to have different opinions and to be super open and humble, no ego-doer. One of our leadership principles is Alanos Simplify. We are scrappy. We want to move fast and make decisions with 70% of information and just edit the company and, and revisit the decision if we feel like it was not the best decision. We know that there's a, a big gap, isn't there, in the number of tech jobs out there versus the number of candidates. There's a big hole, isn't there, in the market. So to fill that, why is it so important to assess individuals on their potential rather than their past performance? I'd say that what we want to sense is how the person will truly become the best version of themselves in our quite unique environment. So we will listen to what they are proud of, what they've been doing in the past, which in their eyes is super valuable, and this will give us insights. But above all, what we trust is that we want the person to tell us how they want to have impact in the organization and sense how much this is aligned with the ambition that we're having as a company. It sounds like you love your job. <laughs> I can I can feel the passion from here. You do, right? It's fascinating, yeah. I'm delighted to say that Becky has rejoined us as we wrap up this episode on leading with confidence. So Becky, um, just to, to, to wrap this all up for us, please, uh, tell me why good leadership is so critical. Good leadership is like a lighthouse that attracts talent to your company. And it is defining for the company culture, it is defining for the company's operations, um, and it is increasingly defining for the satisfaction of the human beings that we call employees that are both in our care and to which we are in their service. And as we sit here in the middle of Viva Tech, what are tech employees looking for? Yes, tech employees are looking for the opportunity to continually learn because they realize the pace that tech is changing and that they have to continually change to be relevant. So they're looking for that opportunity. Of course, they're looking for fair compensation for their contributions, and they're also looking for career growth and development. And if they get that right, they're onto a winner. <laughs> if they get that right, they have a promising economic future, both for the employee and the employer. Well, that is all, I'm afraid, for this episode of Tech 15, brought to you by Manpower Group. Thank you so much for listening. Do check out our other episodes to find out how technology and talent will power the world of work and human resources. <laughs>